What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. Like Brian. Yeah, Brian. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't die. Welcome in, everybody, to this, an allegedly for-profit, supposedly taxable income venture known as the Stone On Air Podcast. Happy New Year to you out there. 2018 officially underway. It's the weekly dose for January 3rd, 2018. Tell you what's coming up on the program in a matter of mere moments. At Stone On Air on all social media is how you can get in touch with me if you spend any of your time in the foolish, foolish world that generally is social media. Feel free to hang out. If that's not your thing or you stay there on a limited basis, trust me, I do not blame you. I do not blame you. I enjoy social media to a certain degree, but only do it a lot because it helps promote the show. I mean, it really comes down to that. I mean, I've say this a lot I I am right on that age that I have been on social media likely longer than almost anybody listening to this show you're either y- younger than me or older than me to the point where I've been doing it longer so and because it was something I jumped on immediately as a 24 year old kid with my hell I've even poked around on Friendster back in the day I'm not saying I'm cool because of it I'm just saying that that's the case and I used to love it, and I used to just kind of live there. And then as it continued to grow into what it is, it, it, it just gets more and more a wasteland, especially Facebook. But as I've been saying a lot recently, I do, and you know I love Twitter. But so in this order, I love Twitter, I like Instagram, I tolerate Snapchat, and I loathe yet still participate in Facebook, at Stone on Air on every one of those platforms. So... I get into this argument with people every year, and I didn't do it this year because I just didn't pay attention to whether it was even being thrown out there a lot. I'm sure it was. You always get Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's! Happy New Year's, everybody! And I always just kind of be me and say, listen, y'all, even though y'all ain't, ain't words, neither is, well, it's a word, but it's not the correct way of saying Happy New Year to somebody. It's not Happy New Year's. Well, then inevitably, you always have the guy or gal come in and say, no, 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 dude. See, it's uh, the implied word not being used is for both the days, either Christmas or excuse me, uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Now, generally speaking, there's almost never an apostrophe when this is being spelled out on social media. It's just used in the plural form of the word years. So when you put Happy New Year's. And you're going to, you know, kind of fraudulently say, oh, yeah, it was because I was implying the day. Well, you still didn't use the apostrophe. So you're still doing it wrong. It's Happy New Year. And if you want to imply the day or the E for Happy New Year's Day or Happy New Year's Eve, use the apostrophe to at least have a semblance of, uh, of putting something out there that actually means something. Years 
plural just means you're celebrating a bundle of years or something. I don't know. It's not important. No big deal. But uh, tend to get in that little uh, annual uh, argument. Didn't do it this year, but I still will put it out there. Happy New Year. And especially after the first, because people still say Happy New Year several weeks into the year, right? Happy New Year's, man. That just ain't it. Uh, cold, man. This cold is awful. I was at the Titans game the other day on a Sunday, and I think it got down to 10 degrees weather. It was absolutely awful, awful, uh, painfully awful. My beer, I only got one beer and two whiskeys while I was there, and uh, the whiskeys were much uh, more satisfying. The light beer in my hand, as I didn't really drink it all that fast or even all that much, turned to slush, literally turned to a slushy. And the the on the rim of the can was ice cold frozen, uh, you know, combination of, of backwash and, and and Miller Lite beer. That was um, that was interesting to see, and foolish to even purchase to begin with. So I hope you enjoyed your holidays all the way around. I certainly did. I took some time off from the final uh, weekly dose of the year, which was the third week of of uh, December, and I was gonna get out two volumes of a best of podcast before the end of the year. And I just started looking at the workload on that, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was so tired, and I just I didn't want to do anything for about a week and a half, and I didn't. And so the best of, I could best, I hate saying best of, the look back at 2017, the Volume 1 and Volume 2 are on the way. Volume 1 came out on New Year's Eve, so technically this week I have three podcasts out and on the radio four out of the five days as well. So overload of my voice out there. If you get tired of it, trust me, I will not blame you. But so the uh, volume two, regardless of when you listen to this podcast of the uh, 2017 look back, will be on the first Friday of January, which is three, four, five. That's the fifth. So volume one is already out. Volume two will be the fifth. I do want to encourage you to give the newsmaker line a ring. 301-8080, 301-8080, Leave a message there if you'd like. Chances are it'll get pay- played back on the show. Let's see. So how are we going to get things going on? What's the menu, if you will, for the day? We'll start off things here shortly with, um, after all that mess with the Brian Joyce over at uh, that crappy radio station across town, I got a, a significant bump in almost all numbers across the board. And being that I'm in more of a primarily digital platform, it's a lot easier to actually see who your listeners are, where they're from. And to track that, it's still not a perfect situation, but it's much, much more concise than uh, than the world of uh, over-the-air broadcasting, and the numbers went considerably up. I'll get to that here uh, in a few minutes. Two segments on Trump tweets. Now, I generally try to stay away from anything directly, tar- directly targeting or discussing or my opinion on a Don Trump and anything he does or doesn't do. Policy that I do like, policy that I don't like. I generally don't go down that road on this show. If you're listening to this with any regularity, you know exactly how I feel about this guy and how exactly how I feel about all this. There's no reason to just reiterate it and regurgitate the same stuff all over again like all these talking heads and all these boring talk shows do. But today, two particular tweets over the course of the last couple of weeks got me thinking in two different directions. And we'll do uh, both of those. One here in his global warming tweet is that it's not real um and this this is less about global warming less about donald trump and it's a little bit different angle i'll do that one at the tail end of the show and then the uh, later in this first segment his attack on uh, american business period this guy's now gone after a couple of different american business industries and basically attempting to do harm 
to American business. It's unprecedented. I've never heard of or seen anything like this before. And uh, in his shot overall at the United States Postal Service and response from a blogger from the Washington Post. I'll do that here in less than five minutes or so. And coming up in Stone's Throw, a uh, a dueling complaint, if you will, a, 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 a dueling um, just, just overall bitch fest for a minute. And they're, neither of them are very important. One is not even kind of uh, important. One is just, what the hell are, is wrong with people? Why do people be people? <laughs> why do crappy people continue to be crappy people? And why can't some people who write headlines or tweet or, uh, or, or, or report on things, why can't they get their, their words correct and how they use them? And that'll be in Stone's Throw here in just a little while. So I'll start things off here with the Brian Joyce mess, and this will be this will be short. This will just be a blurb. But Brian Joyce attacked me on social media for no apparent reason, and um, and that's fine. I, I didn't. I wasn't mad about it. It didn't. It didn't upset me. It didn't make me feel bad. It was. Uh, it was actually kind of cool in a, in a lot of ways because it got me a lot of exposure. Because as much as I talk uh, junk about that radio station over there, they still have a pretty big audience, and most of the audience knows who I am. And some might have forgotten since I've been gone for a year and a half, and some are new. So it, it's all it's all good exposure in my book. And it's a heritage station. It's been around for you know twenty, going on twenty five years, maybe even longer longer than that. Hell, maybe 30, 35 years. So after he went after me on social media for no particular reason in a very childish and um, just petty way, I just started flooding out on social media the screenshots of all this stuff and then let everybody else do all my work for me. Well, over the last two weeks, over the last two weeks, in three different online platforms that I do, that I spend some more time than others, uh, facebook.com slash stoneonair, the official podcast business page, not my personal page, the, the podcast business page, the actual website itself and the SoundCloud page, with which hosts the uh, the feed that goes to all the other platforms in which you can download the show. It's kind of like a hub, and then it syndicates, for lack of a better word, to all the different uh, apps and, and places for download. They all saw huge increase in uh, in traffic for about a little bit less than two weeks in closer to a 10-day stretch. And I first noticed it over at the Facebook dot com slash stone on air page page views up 200 percent over the course of this week and a half page previews up 50 percent page reach 15 percent up and post engagements 158 percent up now what those numbers are aren't all that important it's just the spike in the and the percentages that are so interesting to see and what makes that the most interesting is that nothing was posted through this facebook page Everything that was posted on Facebook was either through, I don't know if Joyce did or not, didn't look at his, or was just through my personal, uh, my Brian Stone page. So somebody had to see that. It wasn't linked to anything. They had to see that and then search out and find the additional Facebook page. That means 200% views up of people who went out of their way to find that page without any boosting, without any paid advertisements, without any sponsorships. Because I know what the, the naysayer could be like, oh, yeah, you just paid for that. No, 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 no. I didn't pay for it. I don't pay for anything online as far as advertising goes. I have before in the past. I don't now. So, okay, Facebook, whatever. So I go look at the website. The, my website is dormant. I haven't updated it, put anything on it since probably September. It's just sitting there doing nothing as I continue to trans for into the new website, which I I know you're probably thinking by now, sure you are, dude. You've been talking about this for like three months. I, I know, I get it. Trust me, I'm I, I I get it. More on that at another time. 
Bottom line, what made this number even more impressive or interesting, or at least just looking at, is that new visitors to the website in the last 10 days to two weeks is 96.2% new visitor rate. The return visitors is almost nothing because a return already visitor already knew that there was nothing there to see. 96% of anybody there are new visitors, probably bouncing around after they saw all this mess. And session duration, meaning how long they've spent on the website, which is only two minutes and 14 seconds. Hell, that's a that's a, a minute and a half longer than I'd expect you to stay there. There's nothing to see. Session duration is up 198% in the last two weeks. 198%. That means it was about 15 minutes before, I mean, 15 seconds before. Now it's about two minutes and 15 seconds. And then the SoundCloud page, which the analytics are harder to read. It should be easier than it is. But overall, just the traffic numbers I could see were up 120%. So, I mean, whatever, Joyce. I don't know what your point was. But if nothing else, I got some uh, some extra some extra traction out of it. So I thought that was pretty cool. All right, so let's move on. So Don Trump is going after Amazon now. So let's see, he's attacked the NFL and their players and 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 tried to dictate how the ownership handles their employees and how they should should or shouldn't suspend them or fine them for certain things they have or have not done. So that's the first instance of Donald Trump going after American business and seemingly trying to harm it which I just cannot believe is is okay with the majority of anybody, let alone Republicans and uh, and and capitalistic types. So Trump's latest Amazon gripe, again, I know this is all at the end of last month, but I'm just playing some catch-up. Uh, U.S. President Don Trump said in a tweet that uh, shipping rates for the U.S. Postal Service are making the independent federal agency, quote-unquote, quote, dumber and poorer while enriching the company that is Amazon. Why is the United States, is a quote from Trump in, 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 uh, in Twitter, why is the United States Post Office, which is losing many billions of dollars a year while charging Amazon and others so little to deliver their packages, making Amazon richer and the post office dumber and poorer, should be charging much more? Just a quick sidebar. You know that if uh, the, all these shipping costs were to go way up, you know who's going to absorb all those costs, right? Yeah, the poor and the middle class. Just saying, anywho, back to this piece from CNET3.com. Neither Amazon nor USPS immediately responded. The jab was the latest in a string of tweeted complaints from Trump about Amazon and its founder, CEO Jeff is it Bezos? Bezos? Jeff Bezos? Trump has previously criticized Amazon for harming other retailers and not paying internet taxes. The USPS is an agency of the federal government, one of the few outlined in the Constitution, but receives, but receives no tax dollars. It relies on the sale of of postage products and services to fund its operations and has run at a loss for years. So yeah, I get he's gonna he's gonna hate on uh, something under underneath the government wing, which is it is odd how the USPS is not really it's a branch of the government, but it's not, but it's mandated and outlined by the Constitution, which is like very little anything else that's governmentally funded and at least on a massive scale like that. But going after Amazon and publicly saying they don't pay enough taxes or they're they're threatening other retailers, dude, I thought that's what Uber hypercapitalism was all about. Trying to get your best deal. Trump, that's what you've been saying ever since you've been ran for a year and a half leading up to your to to, to winning the presidency. Try to get the best deal. Try you're smart because you pay ta- less taxes. The less you pay, the more you bring in. The more retailers you run off, the more money you make. What is he talking about? I don't understand. And what and this going after American business thing is borderline unforg- unforgivable. 
But just forget that for just a minute, and let's just focus on the, the, the Postal Service, which has run an incredible operation for a long time under all kinds of different constraints that other private and public businesses that are not obligated by. And so what I, I'm going to start with is reading Paul Waldman. He's a uh, Washington Post blogger, columnist for the week, and senior writer at the, at, uh, the American Prospect. And this was a like seven-part tweet he put out. Um, defending the post service and the postal service, and the reason that I uh, was, was kind of going down this rabbit hole is I've known a lot of people that have worked for the post office, and they, they they it is a quality place to work. A lot of Americans, many 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 millions of Americans, have made a hell of a of of, of a living working for the for the post office. So again, we're talking about jobs, right? We're talking about trying to uh, treat people well, right? And with it, with giving good benefits and good pay. Well, the United States Post Office has done that for generations. This is from Paul Waldman. I'd like to thank the president for giving me the opportunity to go on a little rant reminding everyone that the U.S. Postal Service is a freaking marvel, and people's complaints about it are largely bogus. They will come to your house, take a letter you wrote, transport it thousands of miles over land and air and water if necessary, and deliver it to your door of your recipient. And they'll do it in just days. And how much do they charge for this amazing service? $50? $100? No. 49 goddamn cents. They do it 500 million times a day, not counting Sundays and holidays. They handle just under half of all the mail in the entire world. And unlike UPS and FedEx, who get to choose who their customers are, the USPS is required by law to deliver to every American, no matter how far flung. They have to maintain post offices where they aren't profitable, over 30,000 of them. And they have to prepay retiree health and pension costs, which no private company or government agency has to do because Congress mandates it. So, yeah, the Postal Service loses money, but it also provides an invaluable service to every American. Nobody asks why the Defense Department isn't turning a profit. The post office isn't perfect. Neither is any government agency or private company. But they do a pretty incredible job for which they charge you next to nothing. You should appreciate that. Paul Waldman from the Washington Post. And it's true. It's completely and totally true. They have to operate in a way that nobody else does, and they do their job pretty damn well. And I just don't understand what is going on here. I don't understand why these things originate from Don Trump's Twitter handle and account, why it goes after American business, why it goes after branches of the government who, who provides invaluable service. It's just, it's just wild. It's just crazy. And I just, I just don't get it. I'll go back into the world of Trump tweets in the final segment of the show. But first, there's a word that reporters and people just in general use wrong all the time. And assholes that steal stuff. Volume 200 million. Coming up in Stone's Throw. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. What? What? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? All right, sorry, I had to grab my cheat sheet over here to make sure I got the uh, tweet right that I got me thinking about this one again. 
Appreciate you guys finding the Weekly Dose, the first edition of January 2018. First edition of the year all the way around. Remember, look forward to those or look out for the um, Volume 1 and 2 of the Look Back at 2017. A word that gets misused so frequently, it doesn't seem to be as much now as it used to be, but is a word, allegedly. And you'll often see or hear uh, a news report, a talking head, usually closer to the... Uh, local or regional end, but certainly you see it on the um, on the national end as well. When someone says something along the lines of, and I don't have the one tweet here that I, I'm going to read that's specific, so now I'm just kind of making things up, but you'll regularly hear something like, uh, the, the man was uh, allegedly arrested for, for bank robbery. No, he wasn't allegedly arrested for bank robbery. He was arrested for alleged bank robbery bank robbery and you know you know you don't see it every day but you do see it every now and again it's usually usually because someone just got their words twisted around or weren't thinking properly but allegedly gets used far too often uh far too many ways wrong and you can do this with a lot of different words in the uh, american lexicon and 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 uh especially the more you try to get around people that that try to talk smarter than they are um, having a big vocabulary and being a wordsmith is something that can make you either look like you're very smart or make you look like you're very stupid, depending on how you do it. I try to stick with the words I know. I always talk about how I have a notepad I carry around or if I use mine on my phone. If I hear a word that I never heard of before, I write it down and look it up. Like I always think expanding your vocabulary is, is good. Just don't use words if you don't know what the hell they mean. And this is not one of them not knowing what it means. It's probably an intern or somebody on the low level of the social media department at ABC News. That's officially at Twitter at ABC. This is what the tweet said. It says surveillance video shows three individuals allegedly breaking into a sporting goods store in Tennessee and smashing display cases. Making off with 31 arms, firearms, excuse me, making off with 31 firearms. So just read that real quickly. You don't, it doesn't jump off as like, what's stupid? What's wrong here? You know, where's Waldo? Search for the problem. I'll read it again. Surveillance video shows three individuals allegedly breaking into a sporting goods store in Tennessee, smashing display cases and making off with 31 firearms. ABC, sorry to nitpick, sorry to be me, but these individuals didn't allegedly break into the sporting goods store. They did break into the sporting goods store. The surveillance video is showing proof that people broke into the sporting goods store, smashed display cases, and stole 31 firearms. There ain't nothing alleged about that. Now, when they arrest somebody for doing such a crime that has video evidence proof, until they're proven guilty, then they will have been alleged burglars they allegedly broke into the store they haven't been proven that they did it yet but surveillance videos showing that three individuals allegedly broke into a sporting goods store is using allegedly needlessly worse than that using it absolutely incorrectly alleged would 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 indicate that we don't have proof that this happened i'm staring at the proof abc news You're giving me the proof. That's the whole point of the tweet. There's the video. I'm watching the three people break in, smash display cases, and steal 31 firearms. There is nothing alleged about it. Damn, I got a paper cut. Shit. (laughs) Seriously. Ow.
All right, so I took a quick break and, and put a Band-Aid. I, th- I think I would rather get kicked in the nuts than get a paper cut. I don't know. That hurts. Ouch. All right, so let's see. Second part of the two-part um, Stone's Throw complaining is uh, I go to Titans games a lot. You guys probably uh, heard me talk about that before. And they have the big, huge video boards. I mean, they're monsters. HD, you can pretty much watch the game there just as easy as watching it on the field. Sometimes it feels a little absurd to go to a game and not be watching the field. But a football field is big, right? 100 damn yards. And that's and that's if you're you know pretty close to it and, and you got a good sight range. I mean, it's tough to see the other side of the field. And so I have always taken an AM FM radio with me to listen to the game uh, as I'm there. And it actually works beautifully. Plus, I just I like Titans radio and I enjoy it. it I, I feel like without it, I'm missing a, a, a portion of the game. And so I couldn't remember what I did with my damn, it's just a little AM FM radio, little Sony and little earbuds. And I thought I had it at my mom's at Christmas because I we were watching the Titans out of the bar and I took it with me just in case I wanted to hear, you know, that you get better information than you do from just a generic TV guys. And I thought I left it over there, and it turns out I did. So the day before Christmas Eve, I ran out there to get it. Made a special run all the way to East Brainerd, pick it up, and then I'm going to go to Target because the radio station, Bay Hackle Communications, uh, Alt 98.7, gave me a $100 Target card for Christmas. I sure thought that was pretty damn cool. And so I was like, I'm going to swing on into Target before I leave town. I'm going to go get a, pick up some things and buy some new gloves, get some new socks, get some long underwear, get some mixers, get some drinks, spend 100 bucks on stuff I wouldn't normally spend $100 on. And so I uh, jump in the car, head over back uh, to, you know, go to Target, get my stuff, go home, and I start packing because I'm leaving in the morning to go to Nashville. I've also got this little Bluetooth speaker. It is about seven or eight years old. This speaker is about as good as the speakers on your iPhone currently are or your Android phone. This thing, that's how old this is. It's a piece of crap. All I use it for is to hit the radio mode. So you hit the button when you put it in the car and then you, you can listen to whatever's on your phone on uh through your car speakers most people these days have this kind of stuff built in i don't this is my little speaker i use it works beautifully you can get one of these for about five bucks at this point now that doesn't need to be a speaker because i don't use it for the speaker because the speaker sucks all right so we all caught up there so i'm packing and i'm getting things ready and it's getting kind of late and i'm looking around like where is my damn radio i just picked the thing up where did i walk it to did i what did i set it down in here somewhere All right, whatever. And then I was like, well, I need to go get my Bluetooth speaker and put it on the charger because I want to listen to some podcasts on my way to Nashville. Go out to the car. Where the hell is the damn Bluetooth speaker? And the reason I know that it's there and I know where I'm looking for is because I saw it just the other day and thought, oh, hey, cool. There that is. I need to make sure and get that charged. So when I go to Nashville in a day or two, I'll have it ready. And after a while, I put two and two together. And based on something else I saw that was moved around a little different than I would have noticed, it's it's too hard to explain. I put two and two and two together to equal six, and I and realized while I was at Target in East Brainerd, Gumbarrow Road, some dickbag opened up the doors to my car and stole an AM/FM radio and a Bluetooth speaker, a combined value, uh, you know, let's say eBay value of about fifteen bucks. 15 bucks two things that serve a purpose that you know for me are very valuable but serve very few others any kind of value whatsoever and certainly will not monetize in a pawn shop or in a crack deal or anywhere else so uh there you go suburban punk ass kids out and that's what i'm guessing it was with some 
dipshit kid walking around looking at people's cars. Hell, I'd be lying if I didn't say when I was a kid, didn't take things that weren't mine. Generally speaking, it was things like cigarettes, but whatever. Screw you jerks out in East Brainerd and start using the word allegedly right. Please, thank you. Happy New Year. This is from the just incredible new Foo Fighters album, uh, Concrete and Gold. This is Sky is a Neighborhood. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get back into Trump's tweets and, again, expand a little further than just the tweet itself. It was kind of a thought starter jumping off point and kind of go down the road I've gone down before, but just give it a little different kind of angle as to where I think Trump knows exactly what he's doing. I think he knows what he's doing, and I know who he's targeting, and I think he feels like if he does it enough, he'll keep just enough of them to reelect him. I tend to disagree. More on that coming up next. This is the Stone On Air podcast, the most listened to, the most downloaded, the most easily accessible show in the city of Chattanooga. Like, share, and always love. Rate and review if you get a chance. I certainly would appreciate it. This is a weekly dose for January 3rd, and I wish you Happy New Year here in 2018, and I'll be right back. you get another copy of that memo at stoneonair.com in my defense all my intentions were good and heaven holds a place somewhere for the misunderstood welcome back to the show this is brand new Liam Gallagher from the brothers Gallagher and Oasis I talk about how I don't really want anything for Christmas. I don't care about gift exchanging, but I do appreciate a quality gift from somebody giving you something that they know that you would genuinely enjoy, whether it's at Christmas or your birthday or for, you know, January 3rd. You don't need a reason to give to be kind and give somebody a gift. I'll tell you more about that in a minute while we listen to Liam Gallagher. great songs called For What It's Worth. It's called As You Were, and I never in a million years would have thought that Noel Gallagher and Liam Gallagher would put out solo albums at the same time, and Liam's would just dominate Noel's, because Noel was the guy who wrote all the songs for Oasis. Liam just had the voice. Liam just had the presence as the front man. Noel was his brains making all that music. was not Liam. And uh, at this go-around, I don't know if Liam just found new producers and co-writers that he's not had before it's quality stuff man it's really good but speaking of that christmas gift thing is uh so the guy if you remember when uh asshole brian joyce went after me and then one of my friends kind of very uncharacteristically as a matter of fact he doesn't normally do this kind of stuff but he just got so fed up with 
how big of a dipshit he was being. He uh he 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 went after him some on Twitter. Uh, nothing malicious, just just kind of like, "What's your problem, man?" And then he started calling him a loser and just more childish mess. And uh, so that guy is Josh Hatcher, and I go to his. It's turned into a, a, a tradition now where I go to his family's Christmas on on Christmas night. And of course, I didn't bring anything except for uh, my, you know, Uncle Brian, his little mixture of rum and uh, eggnog that I go spike shots in the corner for all the adults while uh, all the kids uh, open presents. And so I bring that, but I don't bring any other kind of gifts. And there's Josh bringing me a a, a, a brand new vinyl record of Liam Gallagher's new one, uh, As You Were. So that was that was cool, man. That was that was unexpected. Something I genuinely enjoy and I'm happy to have. And he was happy to give. That's what gift giving and receiving is all about. So let's shift gears here to the next Trump tweet from the last couple of weeks or so. You all saw this when people kind of went off and on on this. I'm I am not a big super environmentalist not really at all i i put myself at 10 being a you know a tree hugging you know super environmental enthusiast one being somebody who doesn't care about it at all i guess i'd put myself around a six and a half something like that basically meaning my my stance on the environment and the and and just overall environmental concerns are just try to clean them up after yourself clean up after yourself at your house clean up after yourself at work Clean up after yourself when you're outside in the environment. Like, wherever you are, whatever your environment is, try to keep it clean. It's probably just a good rule of thumb overall. But I don't hug trees, never have, never will. And one thing I don't have a strong stance on either is the particular narrative of global warming itself. That is not as much that I have a strong stance on, but climate concerns and environmental concerns, I do, because this idea, this concept that it's not man-made, like we don't affect our ecosystem, is absolutely absurd. Like any kind of environmental issues, climate changing issues that that are happening, to act like that that's just happening because, you know, just because we can't quite figure it out is ludicrously r- ridiculous. And and people with highly educated brains, for some reason, have just decided to party st- party lines on this one. You know, Republicans that don't think it's real, they're not going to change. And Democrats who don't who think it is real, they're not going to change. But to sit down and say, just think about basic science. Think about, you know, a frog and a, you know, and a, and a leaf in a jar. Think, think about, you know, an ecosystem all the way around from a, from, from a coral reef uh, to a rainforest to a wooded area in Alabama. You don't think that interrupting those ecosystems, regardless of how primitive they are, like on how fake and artificial they are, like a jar with a frog in it, to a rainforest, to a to a, a, a wooded area in Alabama, to a beach on the coast, to a coral reef. You don't think that those having outside variable effects and, and introduce different kind of elements to that, it's not going to disrupt the ecosystem? Of course it is. Of course it is. The, the, the earth spinning around just with, as a big land mass isn't going to have the same weather and the same environmental uh, variables than with, uh, with 300 billion people on it. And to think otherwise is foolish. Now, is it how big of a deal is it? What can we do? Are we, is it going to kill us all? You know, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. I'm not a scientist. But to say that it's not true is it's just not an intellectual take on things. It's just it's just choosing to be ignorant just for the sake of it. But this segment is less about that and more about a different angle. So bear with me for a minute. Here is the tweet from at real Donald Trump. In the East, it could be the coldest New Year's Eve on record. 
Perhaps we could use a little bit of that good old global warming that our country, but not other countries, was going to pay trillions of dollars to protect against. Bundle up. And you got a lot of different angle of people who are mad about that. Here's, I didn't tweet at Donald Trump. I don't follow him. I just see what other people retweet. I just retweeted his with my my tweet here, which is a little bit longer than what I would normally do. I, I put, of course he posts this. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of environmental concerns. This and so much else is lost on the average American. The president knows this, and he's fueling the flames of ignorance. This is just more fodder for the intellectually deficient. Didn't get a paper cut that time. And what is happening here is when it comes to a handful of different things in Americans' concerns, we tend to live, develop our opinions, and rationalize anecdotally. What do I mean by that? Anecdotal evidence is what seems to be the strongest factor in how we decide how we're going to do things, have an opinion on things, and and decisions we're going to make. It doesn't matter how much you pay for health insurance. That is not in any way indicative of the affordability of health care coverage. What you're paying in your anecdotal situation is not indicative of the overall system in which is being debated on a daily basis, on a weekly and a yearly and a forever, our whole life basis. It does not matter what it feels like outside to you right now. It in no way is a barometer of the condition of the environment of our world. Just because you walk outside and it's colder than you'd like, or just because you walk outside and you think it's really, really hot when it shouldn't be, in your mind, is not a barometer of the condition of our environment. It doesn't matter what your W-2 says. It's not a statement on the viability of the current tax structure. Just because you look at your W-2 and, you, and you're okay with the amount of taxes that come in and out, or just because you look at it and you're appalled by the amount of taxes that come in and out, is not indicative or even relevant to the conversation of the current tax structure of the country. But we tend to always just form our opinions, rationalize our thoughts and our decisions based on what's exactly anecdotal to our particular daily in in and out interactions. And it's way more complicated than that. I've so many times in, in, in just mindless not necessarily arguments, but conversations with people who don't know what they're talking about. Oh, my dad, his bills were so much higher than whatever time in his life but used to be. Doesn't matter. It's not That does not have anything to do with this conversation. We're talking about the fundamental nature of, in that case, would be health care. Just what, what, what your dad's bills were that day for that big procedure he had is not necessarily even relevant to the conversation. Same deal. My taxes were this. Now my taxes are that. Now, they can be brought into the conversation to talk about if you're just having a conversation about it, but they can't be major talking points to a a much grander issue and idea. And we don't always do this. We don't do this with other stuff. Like, you never hear somebody, a respectable person, walk around and say, well, I am full of, man, I'm stuffed. I ate all night. I got a fridge full of food. Well, I guess we solved world hunger. I don't have any hunger problems. Of course no one says that. That sounds ridiculous. Because the fact that you have food and you're full doesn't have anything to do with whether the re- there's other places in the country and in the world that live in poverty and don't. They, they, they don't. they don't have anything to do with each other. But that sounds dumb. And the other ones, for some reason, and most people, they don't think that it sounds dumb 
because we become conditioned to living this way. Because the, the average American walking around who either doesn't care or doesn't want to care will complain that global warming is ridiculous because it's cold as fuck outside right now. And here's the deal. The president of the United States of America right now, he knows this. He knows this very well, and he's feeding on it. He wants you to stay dumb. He wants you to stay ignorant. He wants to fuel and embolden with these ridiculous, oh, man, did you see what Trump tweeted today? To get you talking about things that don't matter, when I do think it actually matters, but in the context of, oh, did you see the tweet that Trump put out there? Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's so cold out. Where's that global warming, man? That global warming, is it? You know, you get my point. Durka Durka, South Park. But it's not, and I'm not just singling out Trump here. This has been a fundamental American strategy for over 200 years. It's just been done in different ways. It's been done through editorials and, and through, uh, through commentary and different platforms over the last couple of hundred years. It's been, done, it's been done through radio. It's been done through TV. It's been done through magazine. It's now being done through the Internet. The, the more ignorant that people stay, the easier it is for government to do whatever it is they want. I always say it. You've heard me before. Politicians, generally speaking, are not dumb. Po many politicians, most of them really that I, you know, maybe not most, but I, certainly a lot of them and, and, and most of the prominent ones in the southeast and, and the north, really in, in the major positions like mayors, like governors, senators, these are highly educated people. These are not, quote unquote, dumb people. Chuck Fleischman is not a stupid person, but he presides over a congressional district full of some of the dumbest assholes you've ever met. And he has to pander to those constituents or he won't keep his job. And I don't find Trump to be one of the most intelligent people ever. Oh, you can't be a billionaire without being smart. I didn't say I thought he was dumb. I do not think he's one of the more intelligent people you're going to run into on a daily basis. Just listen to the shit that he says all the time. But he is smart enough to know. Embolden the ignorant. Fuel the ignorance. Fan the flames of ignorance excite the ignorant and just maybe you'll be able to have enough stick around and still vote and keep you in in two and a half years from now i'm betting against that because i don't believe that extreme politics work as a matter of fact go back in all of history extreme politics almost never work because the majority of the electorate are not extreme the majority of the electorate are moderate the problem is is that the majority of these people don't vote. And if we could change that, that would change a lot of different things. And it would force politicians and potential politicians and campaigns to react differently and treat their constituents better. But there's a whole big, huge base of people in this country that are just absolutely fooled into this. And it's little tiny things like that that continue to just push this Fake America is broken. Fake America is not any good. Fake America is horrible. It used to be awful to say that. If you said that, you were a traitor, you were terrible, you're the worst. Now it's, yeah, this place does suck. Look at all these, look at all these people coming in here and messing up our good life. It's a South Park episode. It's a South Park episode. So that's what that tweet to me says more than anything is. He doesn't care. He, Donald Trump doesn't care about the environment or global warming for one damn second. He doesn't care enough about it to tweet, except for he knows that he's going to get it's just a big fat piece of red meat for all the y yahoos and the numbnuts in the country to be like, oh man, that's so funny.
and then just to stir and poke the stick at the people that he knows disagree with it. I mean, he got he, got my head down on the microphone right now, just sitting there thinking, Jesus Christ, what have we come to? All right, I'm going to get out of here, guys. I appreciate it. The first weekly dose for the year is in the books, January 3rd, 2018. Volume 2 of the uh, look back at 2017 from the podcast and a few uh, just kind of fun segments and interviews. It'll drop, as they say, on the 5th of, uh, of January. So check that out if you like or if you don't want to. Whatever, that's cool too. Alt 98.7, 3 to 7, Monday through Friday. If you like cool music and listening to me say a few words here and there, uh, jump in there too if you'd like. Once again, if you don't, that's cool too. I got to get out of here. This song is called Greedy Soul. Greedy Soul, probably perfect for this segment. I just crumpled up the one. <laughs> Add the vocals. Or the lyrics, I should say, that I was looking for. Where is it? They call you a greedy soul. I already threw it in the recycle bin. I don't know. I'm out of here. I'm tired. I got to get some sleep. Y'all enjoy your uh, the rest of your week, and we'll do it again next Wednesday and every Wednesday, hopefully for the rest of my life. Do not be a fraud. Do not be a liar. Hashtag white lies matter. Hashtag black lies matter. Hashtag all lies matter. The truth is easy to remember. And continue to watch this space as we get started in 2018. I have a feeling it's going to be a good year. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully you are as well. Happy New Year. Not Happy New Year's. See you later. Bye.